Behind this door is another dimension. Welcome to Enter the Flow Zone podcast. This is the only podcast that teaches people the secrets of peak performance, positive psychology, and mindset mastery to help unlock your flow state. Here's your host, certified flow coach and international happiness consultant, Sumed Chatterjee. Hey there, guys. How's it going? My name is Sumed Chatterjee. I'm a flow state coach. I help you feel better and perform better. And today we have an episode of Enter the Flow Zone podcast. This podcast is about optimizing your peak performance and being able to tap into this magical state called flow. Now, it's not that magical because it's practical as well, right? It's not unattainable. I'm saying magical like the feeling that you get. You know, it does feel magical. It feels like something that is mystical or heightened in terms of consciousness when people talk about higher levels of consciousness in the new age community or higher vibration this is what they're talking about they're talking about tapping into this flow state where really what it's about is unlayering right it's about unlayering and truly if you're worried about like you know you just heard a beep it's not your alarm it's mine my watch does this little noises anyway you see that just that little sound just broke me out of the flow. And I, that's what I want to talk to you guys today about is distraction. You know what I mean? Like we have so many distractions in the 21st century. All right? So what was I talking about even? Right, it's about unlayering, right? It's about this process of taking away all the gunk that is in our subconscious mind, all the junkyard that is in our subconscious mind that does not serve us. That truly isn't there to optimize us to be our best selves and to perform at our best so what is distracting you you know we need at least 10 to 15 minutes to get into flow state and one little thing that we do one little tiny thing that takes us away from the moment or distracts us noises distract us right there's lots of noises you can hear in the background there's lots of traffic noises maybe you can hear the hum of the air conditioning where i'm at Wherever you're at, you might be hearing certain noises around you as you're listening to this podcast. Now get super aware and serene and just try this with me. Try noticing your peripheral vision wherever you are. Now try feeling the outline of your body. Try feeling your energetic body. Try feeling the outline of your body. Now just tune into any sounds that you're noticing, any smells any tastes, any sensations at all. Maybe you're making contact with something as you're touching it. Whatever it is that you're truly tapping into right now, what are you channeling? This is the state of microflow or mindfulness. Some people call it mindfulness. Mindfulness is quite different from the flow state, okay? But it's a part of it. I feel that it interlocks. Uh, It's very similar. I might make a post on how flow state differentiates from mindfulness because I think it's important to speak about these topics. And in terms of distraction, there's a reason that I bring up rain because rain, why do we have rain? And how does it distract us? You see, we feel sleepier when we're, we have a rainy day. Now, it might be something because of the rhythm of the rain. There's a certain kind of rhythm to the rain, this pitter-patter. 
that when it hits metal or when it hits the ground, there's a certain a quality to it that gets you to feel this sense of relaxed wakefulness. And it puts you sort of in that alpha-theta bridge a little bit. You know, and that's the flow state. So it does relax you. It really does relax you. And the reason for this, it's very evolutionary. Predators don't hunt in the rain. So subconsciously, our bodies, you know, generational memory of our bodies knows that when it's raining, there's no predators out. And so we feel safe. We simply feel safe. We feel like we belong. We feel like, hey, this is meant for me, man. This is truly meant for me, man. And so, when we get in tune with the rain, or, you, you know, a lot of people listen to rain sounds. I love rain sounds when I fall asleep. And there's, I realized quite recently that this was the reason. I got this from the founder of Brain.fm. They make certain music or sound files, sound uh, frequency files that help people f- for various things, right? And also, at times, I listen to this app called Holosync to meditate, having a similar purpose. Of course, audio entrainment has been with us for decades, you know, but it hasn't really kicked off much research quite recently. And so, nowadays, people are just, they're creating all sorts of apps, right? Guided meditation apps, all sorts of different kinds of apps to help us access this state of flow. I'm just noticing if it's still recording. Yeah, it is. So, in a sense, you want to understand what distracts you. What is the biggest distractor in your life? Is it the people in your environment? Is it certain apps on your smartphone that you need to delete? Are there tabs that you need to close? Are there certain foods that when you smell it, you're like, man, I need to eat that or I need to smell that or man, I need a certain kind of crutch to focus like caffeine or cigarettes or, you know, some kind of nootropic stack or something, right? You need something other than the chemicals that are very naturally produced in your own brain and in your own body. You see, the body has an intelligence, You see, what is distraction? Distraction is when you think you're going to do something and you end up doing something completely different. And what is the opposite of distraction? The opposite of distraction is traction. Okay? What is traction? When you say you're going to move towards something, you move towards it. So let's say that you have an idea in your mind that, hey, you know what? I'm going to play a video game today. It's going to be nice. I haven't played it in a while. It's not like you're a gamer, right? You're just deciding that one day, all right, I'm going to decide to play Assassin's Creed or whatever you decide, right? That's just the first video game that came into my mind. Let's say that you're going to play that. You've decided in your mind that you are going to do that activity and then you start doing it. That's not distraction. That's traction, right? And so it it kind of meshes with this idea of integrity, right? Integrity meaning who are you being when nobody's watching? Like, what is your characteristic? 
are you worried as soon as someone breaks into your room and sees you doing something that you shouldn't be doing? It's like, whoa, hey, hey, whoa, no, ah, ah. Do you have that reaction? Because if so, you need to check your integrity. You need to check your alignment. Where are you truly aligned? Because you shouldn't be ashamed of anything. Honestly. And your shame is just simply a signal for you to take some kind of action. And so... You know, a lot of the times we say we're going to do things, but then we don't do them. And so, it's 1% down on our self-esteem. We feel bad about ourselves. We start to talk bad about ourselves, our internal dialogue, as I like to call it, in my new book, TPM, that's coming out on the 10th of October, this Saturday. It's like this idea, right, of this internal monologue, this dialogue that we have with ourselves becomes very, very self-absorbed, self-imposed loathing, right? Self-loathing, you could say. It becomes very distracting. Because that's not our intention, is for that inner critic. We call it the inner critic, but it's actually the inner caretaker, right? It's just actually trying to protect us. And so, how can it protect us to the best of our ability if we constantly keep calling it a critic and not listening to its criticism. You see, other people's criticism might be very, very wrong. Your own internal criticism, that's something that you've got to work on. That's something that you've got to explore. So, in terms of what I was saying about distraction, let's dissect that a little bit, right? You say you're going to play Assassin's Creed and you played it. Boom. That wasn't distraction, that was traction. Now, let's say that you're, you decide you're going to play Assassin's Creed, you end up getting a text message from your friend and he tells you to check out this funny video. Now you click on the video, you end up watching it, you laugh, you find another recommended video from that video and you end up watching that. And then you go down this rabbit hole, the spiral where you're just watching video after video after video. And actually, social media, right? Social media is so distracting because it actually works against our brain, our own impulses, right? What are our impulses? We feel lonely, and so we go on Facebook or Tinder. We start swiping. Or we start to go on Snapchat to show to the world, like, hey, here I am. Somebody please talk to me. I'm bored. We need that connection. Right? It's a social media. We forget that at times. We feel like it's just media. We just end up posting about ourselves self-absorbed and just saying, hey, this is what I'm doing, and I'm doing this. And by the way, we don't really respond to our DMs as much as we could or actually build these genuine connections. And this is what I'm starting to do now with social media because it is a social thing, right? But we forget. We start to forget that it is a, this social thing. By the way, guys, if you want to join, I have a Telegram group. It's called the Flow State Jedis. Now, if you're not a part of this, all right, you are way behind, okay? You need to join this group and start to join this tribe because we have amazing superstars in this group, okay? And they're all optimizing their flow state. So if you want to join that group, you know, send me a DM at Flowzone Academy, F-L-O-Z-O-N-E, at F-L-O-Z-O-N-E, Academy. Okay, at Flowzone Academy, right? That's what I was going to say. And yeah, shoot me a DM and I'll add you to that group. 
guys. And I'll send you the link as well. If you just type in Flow State Jedi's, you can also find it on Telegram. We have it on Telegram. It's a safer alternative than WhatsApp, okay? So, if you say you're going to do something, you were going to play that game, remember? You were going to play Assassin's Creed, but then you ended up getting that video from your friend and you went down this rabbit hole of watching video after video, and you never ended up playing the game that you said you were going to play. Now, that is an example of distraction. You see, 10 to 15 seconds can break you out of the flow state, and then you need 10 to 15 minutes to get yourself back into the flow state. So it's actually a loss of time. When you get distracted, you're losing time. Straight facts, okay? So, in a sense, you got to prioritize your time, you know, tell yourself, like, are you actually willing to do this? I think that's important. We have to speak to ourselves and say, am I willing? Question mark. Excuse me. Am I willing? Question mark. We have to ask ourselves and we have to truly tune into that question. Sometimes if we ask ourselves, like, am I willing? And we say, no, I'm not really willing. Well, that still gives you strength and resolve, right? Because you're taking ownership of your actions and your emotions. You're saying, I'm not willing to do this. And so what you're saying is you won't get distracted either, right? Or you might get distracted, but it's not in how you've spoken it out into the universe. It's not in that script, You're saying, I am willing to go to the gym. I'm willing to eat healthier. I'm willing to wake up earlier, whatever it is that your goals are. But if you're saying, I'm not willing to wake up earlier, now there's no pressure. You're not willing to do it. You know that already. Now, how do we get willingness? That's the thing. It's like willpower is one thing, but willingness is kind of tied into it, right? This willpower, but the will by itself is this driving force. But first, before we get to the will, we have to know our goals, our reality, and our options. Then we can move into the will. So then we have to get really clear about what our goals actually are, right? Like, let's say, for instance, I have a willingness to get up earlier. Okay, I am willing to do that. I'm willing to suffer the pain and the comfort of staying in my bed and like pressing the snooze alarm a couple of times and still going through that process of that discomfort in order for me to change because that discomfort, that fear, that hesitation, that resistance, that resistance, I was about to say resistance and I just went like I got shocked. That resistance. And resistance is the enemy of the artist. If you're familiar with Stephen Pressfield, he says this all the time, right? In his book, War of Art, but even in his interviews, he mentions this word resistance or tension is the enemy of the artist, okay? When we have more tension, we stop creating. And that's where the mental blocks, the creative blocks, the writer's block comes in. So, willingness... But then also, when you say you're going to do something, do that thing. And make it small. Don't make it overwhelming. But get small wins, micro wins, towards a bigger goal. It's like, you know when somebody trains for an event? Like, let's say you're training for Boxing Day and you're a boxer. 
right? We got this guy, uh, Edward, in the group of Flow State Jedis. He's a boxer, right? And his inspiration for being a boxer was he got, he got broken up with, right? And he took that pain, he took that fuel, pain is fuel. He took that fuel and he put it into boxing and he said it was the best decision that he made. So he used the breakup as a breakthrough. You see what I'm saying? You've got to be transmuters. You've got to be artists of your craft. And so what was initially a breakup or a breakdown became a breakthrough for him as he began this new craft. So let's say you're training for Boxing Day. You're training for a match. I don't know how I can do that now because of the pandemic and all, but... In the same sense, you know, if you have something that you're preparing for, a passion project, something that you're truly preparing, then it gives you an excitement. It gives you much more dedication. It brings much more focus. It brings much more clarity. Then you have something to train for each day. Let's say you're preparing for an exam, right? Then you have added clarity and focus. And some people, you know, they need that pressure. They actually need that challenge and that pressure. And so they leave it to the last minute. So they get that overwhelming pressure to actually push them to actually study and work for that exam, right? So instead of having your procrastination work against you, I say have your procrastination habits work for you. Now, what do I even mean by this? Has anybody ever told you this? Like, oh, you've got to procrastinate, but in a good way. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, you've got to procrastinate your bad habits. Straight up. So you have the bad habit of overeating or binge eating. You know, have a message in your fridge. Every time you open the fridge, you say, you're not hungry, you're just bored on a post-it note by the chocolate or whatever, right? And then you, you go, oh, wait, yeah, he, he's totally right. He's totally right. No, 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 he's totally right. And you're speaking to yourself. He's totally right means you, your higher self, or she's totally right, whatever, if you're a woman listening to this. And you're seeing that... And then you're being reminded like, oh man, you know, I'm binge eating again, right? I'm trying to escape something. I'm trying to escape my pain through eating to override the numbness that I feel. Whereas really, you need to process your confusion and shock and lostness. And being lost does not mean anything, you know, it just means going inwards. So actually what you need to do is sit with yourself and ask yourself really important questions. Which is why you go to a therapist or a coach or a healer or anything, right? For any kind of betterment. You go to those people because they ask you questions. Because the self-inquiry is quite difficult. To sit with ourselves and ask ourselves questions and go through the process, it is nice. But it's quite difficult to do by ourselves. And so having somebody else, a practitioner, who's trained in that field, actually bringing you through the hero's journey... And getting you through these multiple breakthroughs and shedding the old ego so the new one can take its place is very, very powerful, right? This is that identity level change. So if you see yourself as a procrastinator, as a distracted person, you're going to keep doing that. But if you procrastinate on your bad habits, if you procrastinate eating like, yeah, I want to eat the donut, but I guess I'll just eat it tomorrow, right? And then the next day you're like, um... Yeah, I would eat, but I'm kind of lazy, you know, (laughs) I'll procrastinate that. And you're using it for the bad habit or the addiction, right? The opposite of addiction is connection. So when you feel separate from yourself and your own self-image 
and your own self-awareness and your self-facility, then you feel addicted to something, meaning that you are con not connected to it, but you're disconnected to it. You're attached to it. And attachment is the frequency of fear. And so when you're addicted, you're actually scared of yourself. You're scared of like, what kind of a monster am I becoming? And you start resisting yourself. You start talking bad to yourself, like I shouldn't be doing this. Uh, and you feel all this guilt and shame. The difference between guilt and shame is like when you feel guilt, you feel this humiliation and this kind of feeling of like what I did was wrong. So the action that I took was wrong. However, when you feel shame, it's an internal feeling of who I am is wrong. I'm a criminal. I'm a bad person. I'm a person who cheated in the relationship. I'm a per All of these things, you see what I'm saying? You start embodying that shame. And we love shame in culture. That's why we have a shame culture. We like to point out that these people are bad people and these people are good people. And we shame individuals based on like some tweet that they made, right? Like 20 years ago. And we bring it up now in this context. And what are we actually saying by doing that? We're saying that this person has been the same 20 years ago, and they're still the same person. We've all done some questionable things as a child or as a teen. If you're a teen watching, like I'm sure as a kid you did some messed up shit, right? I'm sure you did. And so how can you possibly judge yourself based on that action so long ago? And what we do is we, we bring that with ourselves to the now. You get what I'm saying? Like, let's say you did something really bad and messed up 20 years ago. You'll respond to your current moment based on that past moment and be like, yeah, I've always been like that. But no, you haven't always been like that. You've been evolving. Growth is a constant. A tree grows, right? You can't help but grow. It's just the passage of time, but it's what you choose to do with that growth and that passage of time. Because time does not heal. It's what you choose to do with that time that heals, my friends. And so, getting back to this idea of distraction. You might be listening to this podcast and you're heavily distracted. You're sedating yourself. Maybe you're trying to smoke a cigarette. Maybe you're trying to have an energy drink. Maybe you're having your morning caffeine. Whatever you're doing, you might be distracted. And I'm doing this on purpose. I'm bouncing around in this podcast to get you distracted, but then back to the origin point. This core intention of what this podcast is about, which is about distraction. So you might have been distracted because I am talking about different things and I'm bouncing all over the place and speaking in different accents and I'm going very slow and very fast and very deep and very sorrowful and very loud and very quiet but it's all a part of the journey so if you can find a calm center of focus within yourself and truly tap into your heart your heart space and start living from your heart space you'll notice the difference in terms of your distraction
because the mind gets distracted, the heart does not. The mind gets distracted, the heart does not get distracted. The heart keeps beating. It's a rhythm. It's a... It's that. You're wondering how I did that sound effect. I'm pretty good with sound effects, so that's what it was. No, I'm not even bragging. I mean, I'm actually genuinely... Like, I love different voices and sound effects. Like, I've, I've enjoyed cartoons ever since I was a child. And cartoons are heavily distracting, right? All these enhanced colors, silly voices, sounds. It's very childish to be distracted, isn't it? A child is constantly distracted. But is it really a distraction or isn't it quite beautiful? Right? Are you distracted or are you just processing various information? Because a child who is distracted... Right? They see this beautiful butterfly in the sunlight and they get enamored, in awe with that butterfly and they start chasing it. Hey, look, mommy, there's a butterfly. Right? And they start chasing it. And there's something very magical, very euphoric, very engaged about that. It's not a distraction, it's simply an insight. It's a download, it's a reflection, it's the seeing this wonder. This childlike wonder. So that's actually not a distraction. You see, we grow up believing that daydreaming is bad. Daydreaming is excellent. It's a toolkit. We talk about visualization. Isn't that just daydreaming with intention, with focus? So what we need to do is have that childlike curiosity. But as adults, we have responsibility and we have focus. These are two keystones, right? These are like the magic keys of really unlocking the flow state. And to end this quick podcast for you guys, I want to bring up this idea of combining three things for focus. All right? So the first thing we have is the environment. Where are you? Simply, where are you? Are you in your living room? Are you in a cafe? Is that where you work the best? Is there a lot of noise around you? Simply ask yourself where you are. That's the first thing. Once you can assess that, this is where I am, then you've got to ask yourself, who am I? Where am I? Who am I? Where is, who, who, what is my identity? Am I telling myself that I'm a distracted person? That I've always had this, or maybe I've been labeled with ADHD or something like that? Or I've been told by others, hey, you're, hey, focus. You're too distracted, right? Start to focus again. So, the identity. And then we go into the capability. Can you do it? Are you capable? Are you able to focus? Are you able to do the task? Do you have the skill set? And of course, you know, when you have that environment and that capability, then you have that freedom from distraction. Then it's about changing your states. You see, we're more likely to be distracted if our eyes are going everywhere. Or if we're anxiously fidgeting. Or if we're, our posture is closed. Our body language is closed. So our mental emotional state is the next one. So we spoke about environment, identity, capability. Now your mental emotional state. Now your emotional state or your flow state in a sense 
with your capability gives you confidence, gives you congruence, gives you this feeling of competence. Like, I can do this. I've got this, man. This is all mine. I'm here to win. I'm here to do this. Let's go. That energy. And the environment with that state, with that identity, makes you challenge yourself. And once you challenge yourself, you know about the skills challenge ratio. But the thing is, it's about the perceived skills and the perceived challenges. I spoke about this in one of my videos quite recently. And so the thing is, how do you see that task? Is it too challenging for you in your mind? If you feel and think so and believe so, it's going to be. If you say, hey, this is going to be easy. It's all easy. It's going to be very simple. Guess what? Your brain is going to find a way to make it simple for you. And that's it. If you believe you can't do it, you're right. If you believe you can't do it, you're right. If you believe you can do it, you're still right. And so I leave this episode right here to ponder about distraction and all these different elements that I brought up. And just find time, you know, find a flow block in your day, okay? 90 minutes, uninterrupted time, nothing. No phone, no computer. Just complete, sit in silence and be able to just observe and do your work. You can have some flow state music if you want, some gamma waves in the background that's excellent for focus. Or you can have some kind of lo-fi hip-hop, I love that. Right, playing some lo-fi hip-hop, focusing, uninterrupted moments of time. And just doing that. The Pomodoro method is very useful for a lot of people. However, you know, people take short breaks, like five-minute breaks, and then it's like it ends up being this dreaded, like, long break. So, again, it's about setting the frame in the mind of, like, I'm going to do this. I'm setting it up, and you set a timer. You know, you give yourself a timer of five minutes for your break, and you move around in your breaks. You get that nitric oxide or those alpha waves going, all right? So this is the episode. I hope you have an incredible day. May the flow be with you. Stay legendary, and I'll be back with you next week on another episode of Enter the Flow Zone. May the flow be with you. Good care of yourself, audience. May the flow be with you. Join See you next Flow time. Awakening episode. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow at Flow Zone Academy on Instagram. That's at F L O Z O N E A C A D E M Y. May the flow be with you and stay legendary. Until next time, Flowmies.